9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody in Montreal and on the internet. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself, one of Montreal's top-rated podcasts. Um, if you enjoy Go Plug Yourself or generally the content that we put out on 9to5.cc, please, please, please tell your friends about it. It's super cool and nice when we see people telling their friends about their shows that we work so hard to produce and if you're feeling extra generous maybe drop a couple of bucks in our patreon page on patreon.com slash nine to five cc and uh also be sure to follow walter on all of his social media and find out when he's going to be performing next walter's been performing at a bunch of shows you should check him out too and in the meantime enjoy the episode with this amazing guest Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's Walter and Keith talking on the internet. Jason won overall, which I didn't see coming. This is a surprise winner. Yeah. What's Jason doing in the impact zone? I don't know. Uh, are we going? Yeah, dude. Are we going? Yeah, we are. I'm back. You're back. Walter took a, an episode off. Which is great because the last episode that I did was where I went on that like 20 minute rant about that Greta Thunberg yep. kid. Yep. And like, so and it's like, it feels like it's like, oh yeah, we got we talked, we had a talk, and then Walter went to yeah. rehab for a while after that last episode. He was all hopped up and going crazy on that Greta Thunberg stuff. Well, Walter, <laughs> Walter started off like a pretty long diatribe with, with with like, here's my problem with Greta Thunberg. I was thinking about this, and on I was the like, this here. is gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna go over well. I was thinking about this on the way here, and I realized that my whole thing, that whole rant could be synthesized with by, I I think it should be okay for us as grown men to just be able to say out loud that she's kind of annoying, but (laughs) while also being behind all of her points and agreeing with the message and all that stuff, I think it's okay to objectively say she's a little annoying. That's all. That, that's really all I want. It's kind of a moot point to have to say that. She's just a teenage girl. Yeah, exactly. That that that's like you right? know. Like, but you know, she, her audience but is not. The, what's the point of you my, pointing it out then? Well, because we're my, all like, aware. Do you need, do you need to sec- walk around and be like, the hey, Hannah point. Montana, not my favorite show. Well, no, but like <laughs> the secondary. Like, I Carly. Speak for yourself. Not a fan. But what I was getting at was that because all these people, like anybody who said anything about her or anything kind of like vaguely negative about her, was kind of immediately painted as like, oh, the certain kind of men. Why certain kind of men have a problem <laughs> with like with? And I'm like, well, I mean, she's also. <laughs> Objectively, just a you little know, no annoying. one can see your air quotes. What's that? Yeah, what no quotes? One, no <laughs> one can see your air <laughs> <What> quotes. <laughs> You've never been on this show before. This is gonna be fun. Well, Walter, yeah. puts, Walter puts a lot of visual into it, and I also Remember like how we do the pre-interview. You're like, we're like, don't, it, dude, Walter, just don't talk about the Thunberg stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Walter like came in hot about Thunberg, and we we're like, no, like let's not, maybe not go there. And then we did like 20 minutes on it, and then Walter's like, I would like to start this episode off about right back. We and then took it looks a whole, like it looks like I t- refused to do the the green. The <laughs> yeah, green exactly. We had a green party like, candidate on. And Walter's like, no, I'm not doing that episode. <laughs> It's like the last temptation of Walter <laughs> goes like he, hard right, like like Robert Green uh, also had at least s- certain issues with the portrayal of her, like because he was like who the the Green Party candidate on had like that we had on the show. His had, name was actually Green. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Vote Green for Green. He's not the only one. There's a number of guys named Green who is were it like green a Ramon situation where they all have to like yes. change their last name to <laughs> yeah, Green? That's like. right. <laughs> 
They were born D. something else. D.D. Green. D.D. Green. D.D. Green. Tommy Green. C.J. Green. Yeah, Tom Green. Tom Green really should have just ran with it. But, yeah, no, and his whole thing was he was, like, the the portrayal that, like, only she could do this. And it wasn't, like, a media whatever. He's, like, a lot of, you know, teenagers or whatever are pretty upset about the world. And she just happened to be the right place, right time spokesperson for well, it yeah. and she had adults yeah. that were willing to put her on a fucking transatlantic sailboat like yeah so that's pretty cool yeah, yeah exactly that's it and, and that's why i'm is like is anyone under the impression that this 16 year old just did this all on her own? no like she's no, a mascot <laughs> it's just it's like you know does like would the crowd cheer the goal without the mascot yeah but like some people get into it <laughs> Some people get into the mascots dance and then are more like into the game because of the mascot. Are you downplaying the importance of gritty? No, whoa. <laughs> gritty. Gritty. Well, gritty. You must be. You must the, be. The Philly Flyers? Yeah, exactly. The, I was like, Gritty. The Flyers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, co- of course it's the Flyers. I knew it was a Philadelphia sports franchise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's basically like, it's the, he's the same construction as the Fanatic, right? Like the, the hoop. Like he has the same the hoop belly, yeah. the, the hoop belly, <laughs> same belly, uh, which but they like must on be cousins. Meth. <laughs> I yeah, mean, but he's like y- UB's meth addicted yes. cousin, right? <laughs> By way of potentially cousins with the Philly fanatic, like yep, yeah, all yeah. That, he just like sleeps all that. at night. He, he really just sleeps the on the together. field, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like his body's just on the field, and they just kind of like poke him with a broom every morning yeah, to so wake him up, like kick, you know, start to start. Well, yeah, exactly. Day. I think gritty, gritty, like burst out of like the sports, uh, like. Zeitgeist. Yeah. So that Walter knows it's gritty. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big sports guy. Sports sports reference, I know. Yeah. Uh, who's our guest at this time? <sighs> Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that I came out of uh, exile today, the reason why <laughs> they uh, gave me a day pass down at the old, uh, uh, you know, inpatient clinic was uh, to, because we have on. We've uh-huh. tried to get him for years. 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 Always says no. Years. <laughs> he is he is a man the the frequent uh, worker here at this establishment, known for years. He's uh, uh, the one, the only uh, one of my father figures, Ram Krishna, and everybody. One of your father figures? That was I threw that in at the end. <laughs> How old are you, Walter? <laughs> <laughs> because if that were if that math works out, you are not aging well. Uh, <laughs> Also, that put like a whole new spin on every, like all of your previous relationship. When you and he was like, "Hey Ram, I'm gonna set up and do the open mic now," and you're like, "I don't care what you do." Walter. I don't care what you do. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I mean, Ram. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, yeah, yeah. Ram, I think we've known. I've known. Uh, we've known each other for a long, for a while now. Uh, quite a while, yeah. For a while, like ten plus years, maybe. I would assume so. Yeah. I kind of lose track of time. I know. In so this same. Establishment. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I've been doing like been here since the depression, right? Oh. I've been doing stand up for about that long, and I don't think I was really checking grumpies out too much before, uh, you know, open mic nights. I don't think I was coming in here a lot. But so there were open mic nights before you. Yeah, were absolutely, doing yeah. No, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. like the the open mic nights are long. Yeah, How long has that been happening? Do you think? The, the drop the gloves. If I had to hazard a guess, fifteen. 15 yeah, years, maybe even longer, man. Yeah, maybe a little Could bit. Because fifteen be. years would go back to two thousand four, and I've been drinking here since like two thousand and. One ish, and I remember the open mics like very early on. Could be like yeah, so somewhere north of fifteen years. Uh, the Wednesday jazz night was the first of the uh, regular weekly events mm-hmm. uh, that came to fruition, mm-hmm. and yeah, the open mic was was second. So uh, could very well be. Um, 
Yep. I got to meet Ram because I used to pretend to be a vampire. I heard about this. <laughs> yeah, those were, those were good times. <laughs> so, so much so that uh, there was an edition of what, like, Grumpy's had a t-shirt and had the vampire game on as one of the, like, activities of Grumpy's nights. Someone produced t-shirts, oh, wow. like, which included, like, the, like, drop the gloves. Did something. you make the t-shirt? No. <laughs> I, but someone had it. And it had, like, Drop the Glove Mondays and then, like, Vampire Tuesday. I'm going to assume that was one of your... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like no, but I don't, <laughs> I don't remember seeing it on a person I knew. So, I mean, it, but at the same time, like, there was, like, 100 people in that game, so that doesn't mean that it was not yeah. a vampire person. But No uh, one at any point was oh, no, no, it was not that as a thing. It was not staff. Sponsored by Grumpy's Bar. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Grumpy's Bar. I always... I th- like, what were the... So, for the listeners... There, like, if you don't know what a LARP is, it's people live Oh, no, everybody knows what a fucking LARP is. Do they? Who's listening? You know, Iman, we're going to talk about what a LARP is? I don't know. <laughs> Do you, like, if you hadn't, would you, if someone said LARP to you and you hadn't have worked a bar or one, would you know what that was? Maybe. You know? But I don't think it's, like, super common. Like, it's pretty common. It's common in, like, geek culture, but if you're not. There's been fucking anyway, Hollywood movies. Okay. About LARPing. Bunch of people used to <laughs> come to Grumpy's and pretend to be a vampire. Uh, and with various degrees of what that meant, and d- attracting, I think, various degrees of people that it would attract. Like, I feel there was a, a certain amount of sanity in the form of people like myself and John and Scott and whatever. But then there was a whole other mix of people who were not necessarily who, that sane. Who were yeah, real vampires. Like five to five or maybe six of you that I know by name are the ones that have ever ordered a drink from me. <laughs> Yeah, people would come here and not drink. They're awful, awful human beings. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Why are we talking about this? Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to get the, the, the flip Keith side. The, the I wanted to know, I wanted to hear about, uh, like, like other, or other people, like, what the hell are these idiots doing in the back? And you were yeah. like, it's dumb. That's why dumb. I had to, this is the second bar I had to remove you idiots from. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, get out. So many people. So, such stupid people. You used to do this shit at... Brutopia in like 1998 when I worked there. Like, <laughs> like, this is enough. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> Facts. And then four years later, uh, I'm here, and you're like, "What the hell?" This is delighting me. <laughs> One of you has to live with your parents and have a basement. You can do this in. You know, fuck. Yeah, but now where they serve alcohol, it was important. Only five of you were. Drinking. But it was important <laughs> to the heavy, heavy drinkers of the group. Mm. <sighs> All right, that's enough of that. Um, no. So and that's then all that to say, who, I, that start, who started the who started Tuesdays? Who started the open mic? Uh, it actually started uh, as uh, the way to get rid of the vampire guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, "We have an open mic next week, and it's weekly, and uh, you can't come here anymore." <laughs> uh, it, it actually started as a literary open mic. Oh uh, wow! It was uh, writers and poets and so on and so forth uh, with some with some music. That went downhill. So eh? it, was, uh, <laughs> it was. I mean, it was. It was fine for what it was, and it was very like a you know cafe vibe. Yeah, yeah. But it worked, uh, and then yeah, comedians started crawling out of the woodwork. They're and like uh, microphone and chased away the legitimate artists. <laughs> Turned on. Um, I mean, this has been going on for a lifetime. I yeah. I I don't know if I would let it run that long, if it was what it was. <laughs> no, yeah, was, and we've, we've was, had this conversation. I was going to ask. I was like, because, I mean, at the, at the, when I first started working here, there wasn't a lot going on here, right? Okay. Yeah. So any any bodies in the bar, you know, minus weird gaming water drinkers, <laughs> um, was was a help. So you know, fifteen poets would show up and right. each maybe have a drink, and then yeah, 
have their time on stage. Like that was. Uh, you always order wine. <laughs> just never had wine. Um, <laughs> I like to imagine there's just the one bottle. You're like, uh, it's opened for a long time. Here you go. Is a class. So they had wine at Hatters. I remember, like, and occasionally there was one of the one of the members of the waitstaff, the short girl with the glasses, would routinely drink the wine, and I was like, "What?" Like, I'm like, "You work here, and you're ordering wine." Yeah, it's the Jimbo wine at Hatters. <laughs> Doesn't. But you're get, I think the point you're getting at is that at this point now, like, there's a crowd on a Tuesday here, regardless as to what's happening on stage. Really. Yeah. Well, there's there's people here all the time. Uh, yeah. What exactly. Is, what is great about the Tuesday at this point, and obviously there's things that are not great about it, but it's it's an open mic. You're gonna take the good with the bad. On the whole, uh, now with um, the the excellent work of you know. Some of the hosts that have come through here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's really built into a, a viable thing, and there's uh, not only it's not only the comedians all waiting for their time and talking loudly amongst each other, ruining everybody else's set. Right. Uh, but the reason it works is because there's actually a crowd of people that show up here every Tuesday to watch that are interested in it. Because when the show goes well, and the comedians themselves aren't sabotaging themselves. Yeah, uh, seriously, it's a it's a really wonderful night. And yeah, it moves really well. And even when you know, like it's it's not an easy gig. Like whenever some musician comes in here and is like, "Oh, this guy sucks," I'm like, "I remember the first time you played a song, dickhead." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't the best. <laughs> and to your it's what, and it's, like what, it it's what they're for. It <laughs> it it's it's a difficult thing. Like and so even when there's a newbie up there, you know, trying his best, it's a pretty supportive room when. When the it room can works. be, yeah. When the room works and the comedians are actually helping, yeah. helping to make the room work. And half of these fucking awesome. comics that complain that that are like fucking like chatting it up in the back or like fucking up other people's sets are the ones that are gonna say like get on stage, oh, make, uh, fuck grumpies, no one's listening. Or yeah, or fucking grumpies is the worst room, like fucking all this shit. And every time I hear that, I'm like, no, it's that if you fucking figure out how to work there, it's actually like. A fucking well, good learning experience. It, like. it obviously, you know, still happens from time to time that it's just a frustrating room. And yeah, you sometimes. Can do because or it'll be dead or a little bit like... Dead is fine. if it Dead is, in fact, better for the show. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, you get, you it's, get it's, the material it's, it's, out. People are listening if it's quiet. But, yeah, every once in a while, it is that melee of a bunch of comics talking on top of each other. But it's fewer and far between. Um, uh, Jason, Jacob, unfortunately... Uh, is no longer with us. Um, yeah. Rest, rest in peace, All right, Jacob. yeah. Pour one out for Jacob Greco. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, we had a little meeting a little while ago and uh, just came up with some ideas about how to make this work. It's just it's on the cusp of being awesome all the time. Uh, and just a few little tweaks, like getting it in people's heads. Like yeah. Yeah. Support each other, and this whole thing will be great for everyone. Yeah. Um, if you don't have material and just feel like getting on stage and venting your anger, go somewhere else. Um, do it's the not th- do for the, that. Do the thing that works. <laughs> support each other, and it's a great night. It's it's when it works, it's my favorite night. Uh, I'm the manager here. I make the fucking schedule. I don't have to be here on Tuesdays. I, I know. choose to be here on Tuesdays. I know. Now, now that, gong, that said, though. that said, you used to have a gong. Oh, the gong. I was going to bring up the gong. We'll talk about the gong. <laughs> oh, there's so many comics that are like have started within the last few years or whatever that don't even know about the fucking gong. Like, that are already scared enough for this room. They don't know about the gong because you got rid of it at some point or you gave it away or something. But, I you, I, I but you had a gong. There was a gong behind the bar. You used it for gong. recording, no? Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I needed it for an actual... I needed it for actual, for actual music. music. <laughs> yeah. 
Ramsey's a musician as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I that's why what, he's here. I thought that's what I was here to talk this about. Is why. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll yeah, do that yeah, next. Yeah, That'll yeah, be the next yeah, thing. Yeah. There's, there's, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that was at a time when the whole thing was just a complete shit show, and like, I like it was just to keep things moving. Yeah, like, there was no, there was no. Well, there were, like, I, was, I haven't, point. I haven't seen it. It's, I mean, obviously, it's not out yet. But uh, HBO is doing a documentary on the Apollo, and they were saying that the oh, the theater. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who did you? I thought it was the shuttle. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you're like, yeah, it's like people telling jokes in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, th- but then they, they were talking. Any birthdays? But they were talking about how people started coming to the Apollo, like, to boo the amateur acts. Like, like, like you come uh, hoping that he's going to be okay, but you're like, you have a five-second window to win them over. Or then they were like, their enjoyment is now booing it. And, that's, and then, like, Sandman came in and just, like, taking out the comedians and whatever. And the gong was always felt like a very tiny bit of that, where it's like, you won't gong someone who's, like, resonating with the audience, but if they're just wasting everybody's time... Well, that like, was the thing. It's not... Yeah. As, it, wasn't a, it wasn't an opinion piece. It wasn't like, <laughs> uh, I don't think this is particularly... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a while <laughs> to get it. You are wasting everyone's time. Yeah. yeah. Move it along. That's what... Yeah. It, yeah, it was an objective gong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it is an open mic. You're allowed to... You're allowed to be figuring your shit out. Yeah. Yeah. As if you were starting to get too... If it was... You're up there too long. You've been up there too much. You're just... You're, you're, just you're searching for something that you're not going to get. Just blathering on about nothing because there's a microphone in front of your face. And no. there's a list of 22 other idiots that are waiting to get on stage. <laughs> like. I got it once and it took me a while to get it. And I was really happy when I did. I shouldn't have been happy, but like... It felt you're like... like it felt I like did it. I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, so you mentioned you, uh, Brutopia, like from 1998. So w- were you, like that. Are you uh, was bartending always the plan, or was like music? And you're like bartending is a cool thing to do on the side. Was that the? Uh, <laughs> it certainly wasn't a plan. I didn't really have a plan. I mean, what was the wait, what was the was the original plan? Music was that like? No, no. no? Uh, I was a 17 year old with a. $800 outstanding bar tab at a place uh, up on Park Avenue that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, wow. Um, and you showed them. And so <laughs> they put me to work. And I was good at it and done it ever since. It was just a, it was just a job for the longest time until music started becoming a part of it. Okay. That's um, when I started booking shows and becoming more involved in, in the Montreal music community. Mm-hmm. Not just playing bands, but organizing shows and 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 booking touring bands and and just helping to get it, yeah. get the shit out there. That's when it became more of oh, you're, you're 22 years old. You're working in a bar. Like, yeah, are you really making plans or are you just living life and having a time? Well, like, sure, but that's but like but that's our, I mean like you. I, I've always known you to be either like booking shows slash in a band slash in more than one band slash like doing whatever. So yeah, that started. All of that started in about 2000. Okay, so uh, you you didn't play music in high school or anything, or you like? I mean, I played in like shitty high school bands. Okay. I, like, I didn't. I wasn't in actual band. Okay, you, you were know, in band. I was in bands, <laughs> with, but not in actual bands. So <laughs> exactly. Like, It'd be on stage my high school talent show, and all the actual drummers in the audience like, "Who is this fucking idiot? <laughs> Can't play." Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm. I've played music my whole life. Uh, I'm actually uh, classically trained in Indian percussion. Oh. Um, through my family. My mom's a dance instructor and runs, mm-hmm. a, runs a school of Indian classical dance and music. Awesome. And I'm the percussionist cool. in that. And we, I... What does that entail exactly? What is that? What are we talking about here? It's what a... Are you familiar with the tabla? With what now? The tabla? Nope. 
All right. Well, that's the more common. It it's the North Indian version of the instrument that I play. Okay. It's just a. It's a barreled instrument. It's sure. got two heads on it, and okay. uh, you sit on the floor, all twisted up and cross-legged, and you can hit either side. Hit either side. Yeah. It's so a. It's it's a traditional like uh, temple instrument. Okay. Uh, cool. That's what I was trained in, and yeah, when I was a kid, uh, I. Yeah, my mom insisted that I start learning this instrument like when I was very young, and of course I was reluctant because what child wants to do a thing? Um, <laughs> and, and also, like, uh, were you and the, were you still in Montreal at this point? Like, yeah, I've always been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. So at least from what I know, generally, like my father moved here, uh, like basically from Germany, whatever. And we're just sort of like also having that weird thing of anytime your parents put something like traditional, you're like, A, your parents are putting something in front of you. So you're like, it's hit or miss to yeah. begin with. But then also being like, and this thing that's maybe like related to a thing that isn't, that there is important to them, but not important to you. So I yeah, like there's a, there's a, there, I mean, there's a touch of that, but uh, like I said, my mom's uh, been running a dance school since before yeah. I was born. So yeah. It's always been in my family, mm -hmm. so it was. It, there wasn't that much of a disconnect, right? Uh, but yeah, I sort of like <laughs> uh, bargain a deal with them. I'm like, well, yeah, I'll learn if if I if I take lessons for two years, you get me a drum kit. There you go. Yeah, and I can play rock and roll and be a cool <laughs> kid. Yeah, no, that's a, that. I, I feel that, that level of bartering with your parents is normal. Like, I'll do your thing, but there needs to be there needs to be a me thing. Like, I will do the thing you want to that's more important to you, but, like, you'll get the, yeah, the drum kit out of it. that's how music started in my life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as uh, a career choice, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was only when the work that I happened to do because I enjoy hanging out with people and drinking and making money by doing so, mm -hmm. uh, once that intersected with music, then everything sort of fell into place. I'm like, well, this makes sense. This is what I should be doing. Right. So I was like, how you got into like half, I guess, partial, like obviously venue, like bar manager, but slash venue manager, right? There's a stage here and you book shows here. Yeah. And the place that I worked before here was, it was an actual venue. It was yeah. uh, over on Crescent. The old uh, Club Zone became Club One. Oh, wow. Club, so, wait, Club Zone became what now? Club One. Ah. I dropped the Z. Right. Yeah, that was the ongoing joke from the <laughs> idiot who took it over. But <laughs> like, ah, I think we'll name it Club One. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so many better things we can do with this. It's like if we ever buy Grumpies and we call it Rumpies. Rumpies. That's <laughs> 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 a whole. It's a whole different vibe. In here. <laughs> what club? Come down to Club Rumpies. What part of town did you actually grow up in? Pardon me. What part of town did you actually grow up in? Uh, on the South Shore. South, South Shore. Shore. Yeah. Interesting. But yes, I I escaped at a young age. Did what now? I escaped at a young age. I moved moved into town when I was seventeen. And where did you where did you move? Where did part of town you move to? Uh, I had a fucking shit dump. Uh, I was sharing a studio apartment. Oh lord! Uh, <laughs> in the deepest of NDG, it was pretty much Montreal West. So like by the train station, so yeah, impossible to get anywhere. Uh, yeah, that's, that's and that's kind of where I'm at now. That's nice. That's good to know. Now, but you yeah. have the one hundred five. Like the one hundred five doesn't go all the way in, right? It goes pretty far. Yeah, it goes there. Oh, it does? Yeah, it goes oh. away, almost to Westminster. Like. Yeah. Right. Oh, so you listen to, like, uh, Scott used to live. And he lived close there. to Bones, too. Yeah, like, Scott's old place was, I want to say Trenholm? No, not Trenholm. Frick. Like, w there's that weird little, like, crescent below the tracks, below the bus station. Like, uh, before uh, the, below the train station. Like, he used to live near Spurs. Yeah, I was on, <laughs> on above the tracks. Okay. Yeah, Scott was below the tracks, <laughs> that far west. Well, okay, I know where you lived. <laughs> yeah, well, right above uh, the new moon. The what? The new moon. 
Oh shit! Really? Yep. Also on Sherbrooke Street. On Sherbrooke. Yeah. yeah. It, it was still New Moon when I was going there, like to, to university, like 2005. But yeah, but it wasn't the worst of NDG. The worst of NDG was Scott's place. You, you, you were still on Sherbrooke. You were good. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like That's it. Yeah, yeah, no, it was wasn't claiming to feel danger. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. But we were saying like 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 pieces like, like. But if you're like closer in, to Spurs, if you were closer to Spurs, yeah, exactly. Was... In terms of shitholes of NDG, like you uh, you were north of the tracks, you were not near Spurs. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> the the shithole comment was more that I was sharing a studio exactly, yeah, 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 with yeah. a stranger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, with a stranger. Yeah, I was just like I needed. I was in the sea ship at the time, and was yeah. like, uh, I need to. I, that was. I need to leave, and there's some guy. Yeah, my who yeah. Hung my out first at the cafe was like, oh, uh, I have an apartment. My first apartment was also that, like, where I moved in with my girlfriend at the time, in with also a stranger, because you're just like you need looking for someone to share your rent, and like, especially back in the back in that time, like, I mean, you were even further back, like you're a bit older than I am, but this was almost like this was 19 years ago. Uh, like, where everybody was really locked into July 1st. So if you were looking for roommates and we were looking for roommates in September, you're like, well, there's, like, three people who have a vacancy because it's not July 1st. I don't know, like, how you ended up with a stranger, but that was us. We're like, well, there's a room available, and it's not on the one day where people move, so we're fucked. Well, and I ended up there because it wasn't a room available. It was a couch available. It was a couch available. So right. There was no uh, real time constraints there. It was yeah. <laughs> you may, did you ever go to uh, – yeah – and like that was that was and then the, and like when Monsieur Patat was still there, like on the uh, on the corner of the thing. Uh, yeah, that little which is now like a. No, it was Monsieur Hot Dog. Monsieur, Hot, what, what did I say, Monsieur Patat? Yeah, it was Monsieur Hot Dog. Yeah, it was Monsieur Hot Dog. It was definitely Monsieur Hot Dog. And now it's a dag. It's weird to see Monsieur. Okay, but I think that's closed as well. What do you mean? What's weird? I always refer to it as Mr. Hot Dog. Like I don't know, yeah. As it was NDG, so it seemed Anglo. I grew up in the East End. <laughs> I, like I fucking my first exposure to that part of town was when I went to school there. So like I don't know, man. Like and you only went to school there in what university? Yeah, I was only. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know a Jewish person until I was seventeen. I, I tell that a lot. I tell that story a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Really, just to illustrate. Why do you tell just that to story illustrate a lot? like where I grew up? Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Not, not Here's what I think of teenage <laughs> girls trying to save the world. By the way, I also don't believe in Jews. <laughs> oh, I want to get t-shirts printed. <laughs> you want t-shirts printed? Shortly before Walter's exit from the podcast, he went on several <laughs> contentious rants about anti-Greta Thunberg diatribes. When VH1 does the behind the podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> increasing increasing notes uh, of anti-Semitism. I'm going to go grab uh, another beer, Walter. Oh, right, because you didn't turn your I, I didn't double up, and, your, and yours is already up. Are you good? Do you want another beer? You're sure. All right. Ram and I are going to keep talking. Uh, we'll do sidebar. Yeah. If you've kicked people out of the establishment before, yes? Well, I've been here I, almost 20 years. It has to happen. Right. I don't think I've ever been kicked out. I, I can't remember being kicked out, at least. Um, have you ever kicked out a comic? It's uh, a good question. Do you, or more generally speaking, do you have a memorable? Is there you don't have to name names? Is there a memorable shitty comic story that comes to mind in terms of you having to deal with like a shitty comic or some uh, or a comic being shitty rather? Well, because uh, I almost nothing, I almost got into fights a few times. So like nothing uh, like uh, nothing specific comes to mind. 
But I was thinking about, uh, like, when I was just talking about um, how Jacob and Jason and myself all sat and had a meeting about how to make this better. Right. How we're the ones in control. We don't need to let the inmates run the asylum. Like, 100%, yeah. Um, there was... Uh, I don't know how do I say this. Thanks. Um, there's a lot of weird, shitty dudes like that have come and gone, which is a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, but there seemed to be, and it wasn't just me, because uh, Jacob mentioned it as well, sort of Jason, it just seemed like there was uh, just a weird, all of a sudden, influx of what seemed to be a little bit of a, a, like a Me Too resistance. Oh, no. A lot of shitty dudes getting on stage feeling like they can say shitty things just it because, because I'm a comedian and I have my right yeah, to free speech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I and hear it you. got weird for a little while. This is like, recently then. Yeah, it is recently. Huh. Uh, you're on the Comedians of Montreal? Sure, yeah. Yeah, but like Jacob well, posted something it, like before he left. It right. was, I don't know, it was a few months ago. Like he's he's only that. been gone a little while. Yeah. But it was just a general plea, like... Hey, like I was saying earlier, like if you if you want to use Jacob was one of the most one of the more sane is remains to be even though he's in Toronto now. I think remains to be one of the more sane. We just, we just claimed his death. Yeah, I was like, I was like, uh, well, obviously he's one of the more sane and consistent <laughs> voices on the scene. He's yeah, not a fuck sure. up. He's like he's a good guy. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a good comic. He's like a good person to talk absolutely. to. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And we had a really, really great conversation about it. Like, why are we just allowing whatever to happen? Just because yeah. this is an open mic doesn't need to be, no, mean exactly, to be completely yeah. open. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that came about because of this weird influx. And it's so just... I just really what see that. It, it just wouldn't seem to be. Like, is this a weird incel resistance movement? Like, I'm sure it I is. I think, well, there's fucking comics as it is. Open micers in general... Are yeah, let's also let's, let's, let, let, like let's also uh, state the difference between comics and open micers. Oh, like, sure. Let's not, let's not refer micers. to them. As, let's not refer open, to everyone as the same thing because it's open not. micers. Yeah. yeah, but open like there's like a whole thing. You know, that that fucking. Have you seen the Joker movie yet? Have you seen Joker? Yeah, the part where he like—I mean, have you seen it? No, but it's okay. I'm not I'm spoiled. I'm spoiled. But he I'm like, like but like, spoiled. just like the stuff where he's like, kind of taking notes during the watching the comedy set and taking notes as to what works. Like, sexy jokes always work. I'm like, that was one of my favorite parts because it's like, it's like every weirdo that I've ever known <laughs> that's gotten into comedy <laughs> that has no perception <laughs> of like of like humor or comedy or like what what is funny, what is inherently funny, and they're trying to like figure shit out and figure. This is like sexy jokes work, and you see that with like yep. with a lot of these open micers that come up, and they'll like and they just do like weirdly lewd stuff on like because they have nothing else to do. I think there's also like, and I, sometimes I think that expresses itself like in terms of weird kind of like misogyny and like fucking just shittiness. Like. I also feel that there's like a like as as an audience member looking at the occasional monstrous failure on an open mic night, and also that extreme thing. I feel that there's like that that thing of like. If you're like an edgy piece of shit on stage and nobody laughs, you could be like, "It's because I was too edgy." Like yeah. it, you know, like it's like a, well, it's an extra. Isn't that always a thing? Like it's not me; it's the room. Right. Exactly. No, yeah. No, no, which but, I hate. but I'm saying, but I feel that that's like part of why they do it is it allows them to once again have like something to hide behind. You know what I mean? They're not like it's not because I wasn't funny; it's because I was too edgy. It's funny because like I they can sit there and have that, and you're like, "No, no, no, you're not funny," and because you were a piece of shit, you're also now you're not funny and a piece of shit. 
Like you, you've now done both. You don't have anything to hide behind, guy. Like it's worse than being not funny. When you, you left, don't. I asked Ram if he had a specific story about kicking out one shitty comic or one shitty comic story, mm. and instead we've just uh, critiqued the entire movement, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a whole a whole group of people, yeah, which is it, great. Well, it just like it's that's just what it seemed. Yeah, it, that's, that's, what it went just like that's what was happening. I think so. Yeah, we were like, "What the fuck is this? Like, yeah, this is a nice place with nice people. Can we not just have a nice time?" And it's like, and this, it's not like it was like the only fucking open mic in town. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many open mics can you just show up and sign up? Eh, not a lot. There's, I mean, there's it was just that. here. There's, and that. there's here in McLean's, and McLean's is no longer. It's very recently, too. By the way, yeah. did you see that post? Yeah. I, it is what it is. Yeah, that's a, it is what it is. But like, you, did you know? You know uh, what's his face? The kid that was running it like the last like couple weeks, Ben. Ben, or, yeah, yeah, Ben. And like, he got a lot of flack. Let's talk about this very briefly. Oh, yeah, yeah, one, yeah. one drink minimum thing. What do you think about that? Is like, this guess, in, in guess the context the show, of that, Ben. So yeah, you, Ben was not. No, no, you don't know Ben. So this is this kid has been ben running. Shapiro? No, not that Ben. No, okay. it's another Ben. This is a kid has been running the open mic at McLean Sundays, Kay. and he got flack because they instituted a one drink or food item. Per comic, per comic minimum Kay. for Sunday night's open mics, and I'm so like, basically saying that if you show up to a bar, you need to buy a drink or something, or have a drink or have a piece like a food. Okay. Item. What do you think about that? Well, again, I'm going to take this back because there was obviously that uh, uproar. Yeah. Oh my God! It's pay to play. What is this yeah. bullshit? And other reasonable people chiming in saying, "Well, this is a business. Yeah. Uh, and you're utilizing their space. Yeah. Yeah." Um, there's no such thing as a free open mic or a free room, you know. Like there's, you know, there's plenty of jackasses that come through here and bother me for water all night, and like. All right, but I mean, but, but, but it's I, not. It's 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 that sense of entitlement. It's that if somebody's like, "Hey, sorry to bother you, but I, can I get a glass of water? I'm about to go up." Like, I'm yeah, sure, it's fine. It's yeah. not a big deal. Like, there's people here. We're making money. I don't care about yeah. Yeah. some guy trying to try out some new jokes. It's. That vibe that I got from all those posts with that was that feeling of, of entitlement. Like, oh, look at what we're bringing to your business, and now you're making us do this. It's pay to play. You're an open micer. It's not pay to play. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's paying you anything. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're doing you the favor of giving you're, you a chance to test your. We're providing you a stage. That business is providing you a stage. And granted, I don't know. Like, I, I, I uh, my understanding is that Rasha started it. Yeah, Rasha got it going, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know how much you know. You, you do need. The business to 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 help out a bit, or at least or at least be interested in helping make it work. And maybe they didn't. I don't know. I don't know what the inside. I don't know what the ins and outs I mean, are. I, I, I've yeah. only, honestly, I want to say at the end of the day, it was it well, was at the end of the day, there's, there's on Peel Street, you know, like on Peel or whatever it was, Peel or Metcalf, yeah, Peel, yeah, like you know, downtown, middle of downtown. My whole thing is like, you know, that that that, and that in and of itself, like I think, is like them being like, all right, go for it. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I feel that whatever decision gets made, it gets made at the end of a night when you're like settling up, right? You know, it's like if all of a sudden this, if everybody was bringing ten of their friends, and their friends were drinking or whatever. Do I care that the comic wasn't drinking? Probably not. Probably not. What was happening? I'm looking at twenty people sitting there who didn't order a drink, and I'm looking at my one by like, one getting up on stage, uh, occupying a place that could make money because it's got yeah, full pool exactly. Tables. That's it. Like it depends if if there was money being made hand over fist you wouldn't probably see that one drink minimum thing coming in because everybody was coming and drinking and having a good time. And admittedly, that was awkward. Like, when I would rarely go do the room, there would be, you know, guys playing pool in the back of the room, which is, like, whatever. Mm. I mean, you know, you get what you get. But, like, you've made the choice at that point to go and perform there. So, like... It's it's a bar. I mean, people come in here on a Tuesday and 
there's going to be people just drinking and talking at the bar. I do my best to keep it to the back of the room. Like, if there's people right up in front of the stage and they're, they've, you know, already had a few and they their volume isn't going to come down, I try and get them to maybe move or... Right. But, again, but again that's that's me as, as the business trying to make everything work for everyone. So if like we can, that's got to be a part of it. If we can pivot... But like and and I was just gonna uh, say, and in terms of buying an item uh, and in buying a or an item, you know the open mic happens on Tuesdays, which for the decade plus that I've been coming here has always been fucking four dollar like pints, right? Yeah, it was yeah. always, it was always been the four dollar pint, which is like uh, apparently is inflation proof. I was just like just thinking about that now, like holy shit, that fucking pint's been four dollars for fucking however long that's been four dollars. Yep, and like it was good price ten years ago. It's a fucking yeah. great price now, but like. So, you know, people coming in. People are about idiots. And to to tie it back to people pretending to be vampire who are idiots. We tried to bring <laughs> no, but we tried to put a one drink minimum on the vampire game. People were like, "What?" And I was like, "Well, you're not even doing anything. You're just pretending to be an idiot vampire in the back <laughs> of the room. You absolutely need to buy a drink." <laughs> like, I love that the vampire cosplay fucking bullshit is like the through line through this episode. No, but people were people were genuinely like, "Well, what if we don't? What if we're not drinkers?" And we're like. I don't know, man. Go up, why are you go, in a bar? go up to Ram and give him five bucks, and I'm sure he'll be fine with it. <laughs> you know, like, I don't drink, but here's five dollars for this venue where I can pretend to be a creature of the night. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like, yeah, and yeah, entitlement, I think, is. You did, and, like, getting back to the music stuff, and, like, you d- I think you did briefly work with, like, uh, like Bones Malone's. Did you ever do a show with Bones? Or? Yep. Well, did you have a show here? No, I did a couple shows with him uh, uptown. With right. uh, with with bad uncle, with who? With bad uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so you guys are like a double bill. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have come to like, a couple of. And what, what venue was that at? Uh, we definitely did one at Esco. Yeah, let's go Griff, right? And and did you ever get to, like? Well, I mean, like and there was there was Nick Raz, my brother-in-law, with like the the B Cause and stuff. Yeah, did yeah. you ever work with them and stuff? Um, I booked them a bunch at the old club. Which uh, which club? At uh, Club Zone. Really? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, I've been to some clubs on BCAS up. That was oh, like when they still wore. <laughs> that was when they still wore ties and stuff. Like that was the when they had the the shirt and tie phase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when they were all still in high school, I nearly like high Maybe. school or they were. They were these guys were getting like books for like bar gigs and shit. Like. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. They're good punk bands. Like, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> Well, yeah, but what I was going to pivot into was obviously you are here to talk about the unsettlers, despite yeah. despite all that. Now that we've come full circle back to vampires, Th- uh, now that we're back, let's to talk vampires. about creepy music. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's a Halloween special. Uh, well, it was. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, exa- when this episode comes out on Halloween. Ah, yes. In preparation, I thought you, meant, I thought you were referring to the show, but yeah, for the unsettlers. Yeah. Uh, but who also uh, you guys have always kind of. Like this is a rebirth again, like another one of the um, like the reunions because there is always I think an appetite for unsettlers comebacks but you've always rocked the creepy stuff like you played play like a horror convention and stuff even right like yeah we did we played the remorque festival in toronto we yeah. worked with them a bunch um yeah. which is uh, part of fan expo right yeah 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 yeah, yeah I, I don't know it's like the horror it's yeah because fan expo like they took like five festivals and mashed them into one and the remorque was, was one of them, of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good it's like festival of fear and shit like they got like good stuff yeah yeah, yeah they're great dudes um yeah we've done a bunch of like weird old-timey uh is like it because you're ghosts? Circus. Huh? And is it because you're ghosts? Yes. Oh. Knew it! We actually did a show, we did a Halloween show at the 
uh, Il Motor, which is now Barleretz, mm -hmm. uh, years ago, we staged the execution of the Unsettlers. Oh. Uh, which was actually really cool. We had uh, a giant curtain on the front of the stage, mm -hmm. and we were all led onto the stage one by one with burlap sacks over our heads. And then there was a horrible soundscape of uh, screaming and mm -hmm. shotgun blasts, and the curtain dropped, and we were all we all had bullet holes in our heads, and we were, had like white face paint and like mannequin lines, mm -hmm. and uh, ropes uh, attached to the the, the rafters and the ceiling attached to our arms, and we did, did the entire show as uh, dead marionettes. Nice. Wow. And, and didn't holy shit, that and, is some production. And there fucking was, value. It was pretty fucking rad. God damn. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that there was, was no Cooper shit. There was no stage banter. There was nothing. We just came to life, played a song, and then died. And we did a whole hour and twenty minute set. Lights went off. It w me and Ben were sitting here, quite drunk. Well, me, Ben, and Bree actually were sitting mm. here, quite drunk on a Wednesday night, trying to figure out what sort of goofy costumes we'll have for our Halloween show coming up. And we yeah. had all kinds of dumb it ideas. Was right on Halloween itself. Uh, I don't know if it was on it Halloween, was but close. it was a, it was a, it was yeah. a Halloween show. Um, and yeah, I don't know That's what crazy. what hour of the morning and what. <laughs> <laughs> what number of whiskey it was, yeah, but yeah. all of a sudden, like, I think it was Bree who was like, maybe we should be marionettes. And then my eyes lit up, and I was like, wait a minute. And I, th I immediately thought of, like, the uh, the rafters at the top uh, of, this, of the ceiling at El Motor. I was like, wait a minute. We can do something amazing. That's or, like, amazing. that one NSYNC video. That mean, I sure. mean, that was the inspiration. Yeah. Right. Was, it, was it Bye Bye Bye? I think so. I want to say, yeah. No one could see the. No one could see Walter's crappy marionette. <laughs> but was the like so? But was the intention with the Unsettlers to be like spooky? I mean, like the no, name it wasn't the wasn't by design. Uh, it's just, it's just the music that happens, and in all and the name. The, I mean, the name is also like unsettling, unsettler. Like yeah, you know, like it, it's it's there ish. Um, I mean, this was well before I joined the band. Is when when. Uh, the I guess the four founding members were still in Vancouver, but they went through a few different names before. Right. Uh, I think it was arriving here, and then as it started to grow, uh, as members joined, uh, I think probably especially Santosh, who was uh, the, the lead singer of Bad Uncle, mm. uh, but also <laughs> Santosh, uh, he contributes his songs as well, and he's got more of a. The shit's also creepy, but it's got more of like a. Uh, uh, like a kooky slasher vibe to it. Right. It's more, uh, it's more comic spooky than 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 dark spooky. Um, and yeah, just with the combination of uh, Ben's songwriting, Santosh's songwriting, as well as Bree, who is the third songwriter, uh, who actually just wrote really pretty folk songs, mm -hmm. which was a great twist to the whole thing. Yeah, all of this unsettling music. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, this you get, like Sherry Moon, beautiful. <laughs> this beautiful, <laughs> lovely, like, yeah, like motherly figure singing songs about cupcakes. <laughs> but I mean, but I think that that adds to it. Like in my mind, like oh you yeah, know, for sure, for like, sure. Like, especially whenever I see like like bands who get kind of like recognized for like a particular thing, like a like either a um, like a concept or a gimmick or whatever else. As as a music fan, I kind of don't have time for a full gimmick band. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, that's the thing. But if you're like, yeah, you were a band that happens to have like an association with a certain vibe, a certain gimmick or whatever, but we have all this other shit. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll appreciate the creepy 
stuff that kind of like permeates all of the material. And I know that when I go to see an Unsether show, it's not just a gimmick. It's a real band that happens to kind of lean into creepiness. Well, the you know, the and then there's other stuff too. I mean, the music has always come first. A perfect uh, example of that, of that uh, 2010, I believe it was, um, we ran away with the circus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spent uh, a summer. Well, the year before, we did, we did uh, a weekend with a circus called uh, Carnival Lunebleur. Okay. It's like a 1930s-style creepy like freak show circus. Nice. Uh, they had all kinds of like vintage, like the oldest Ferris wheel in North America. Awesome. Uh, and all these like vintage like midway games and whatnot. That's and, and a full-on circus sideshow. Mm-hmm. And so we did that one weekend, and the next year we actually went away for an entire summer, and we met all of these wonderful freaks. Yeah. Um, Seriously? Like really, like, like, like yeah, people so who ate light bulbs and put nails in their heads and... Yeah. Oh, there was cool. a... Um, yeah, well, there's a sword swallower who was also a fire breather. This guy that put like nails through his nose. There was a like a full-on strongman with yep. like the leopard print onesie nice. and the curly mustache. They would like take darts to his back, and uh, it was it was the full-on side yeah, sideshow. Yeah. They're all they were all lovely people, and and we ended up working together a whole bunch. And mm. then it became a part of our thing. Uh, and then when we launched our album, we launched the double album in in 2010. Um, which at the time was was kind of a big deal locally at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a whole part of the thing. Uh, they were part of the show, and they became a fixture. And to be perfectly honest, as much as we love them all, it was exactly that. It started to become. It started to feel a little too much like a gimmick. Yeah. Um, we'd be putting on shows and be like, "Oh, are are the circus people coming? Or, or will the contortionist be there? Will?" She'd be front and center. Yeah. That was that was where it got weird. Yeah, you have to be like, like e- <laughs> "Where's <laughs> the sexy contortionist?" We come to an ensemble mm. show to see the sexy contortionist. Mm. We're like, um, "This needs to be about the music." Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're still a band here. Like, we're um, not just and we're we're fucking proud of the music that we make. Mm. Like, these all th- all three are brilliant songwriters, um, and a ten piece band that can just get together in a room have somebody present a song and then within three runs it's it's magic like we we we're all very lucky that we all met each other and, and it we have something special um and that's that needs to be first and foremost and yeah with with people having to move away and whatnot um yeah bands break up it happens yeah i mean and uh, also we, like keeping a 10 piece together i'm sure is not but we've al- we've <laughs> always said when people have been like oh the insulters are broken up we, we've always made it a point to say we're not broken up we're just Live we're, in different we're, cities. We're just, we're just live in different cities, but yeah. the band is never broken up. Yeah, we we love this music too much. We love each other too much to ever let it die. And whenever the opportunity comes up, we're gonna get together and make music. And it just so happens that it's gonna happen. And that's uh, November November seventh. November seventh. Oh. Hello there, listener. Um, I'm interrupting myself. Uh, so that I can actually play you one of the amazing songs that you will hear if you go to see The Unsettlers at La Vitrola on November 7th next week. Um, This is the song that Ram asked to play, which is Dead and Gone off of their album Oil and Blood. So uh, we'll be right back to the interview in just a minute. And in the meantime, enjoy this song. Traveling down the line with the rusted rails of the number nine and bury the ghost song full of late night. Don't know where I'm going. Oh. 
So that was Dead and Gone, of course, by the Unsettlers. Just one of the amazing, like a gazillion songs that they have in their repertoire that they're going to be playing. Uh, as we have mentioned probably a bunch of times at the show uh, during this podcast, uh, they really don't play uh, that many shows due to the fact that they are 10 people who live in different cities. So uh, head out to La Vitrola uh, this Thursday if you do want to catch them uh, bring their uh, unique brand of musical entertainment. Uh, I'll be there. So you, if you come, say hello to me. And I mean, but that I, you shouldn't be going because 
I'm going to be there. You should be going because it's a it's a fun band. Anyway, uh, back to the interview. Are you? I know originally when we talked about this, you were kind of leaning towards the Halloween. Now you're a week out for Halloween. Are you still going to do creepy nonsense, or no, is it just going to no, be music? No, it's, it's just going to be it's it's going to be a show. <coughs> uh, we were originally booked for Halloween. Um, something happened. We got double booked. We needed to get needed to get uh, pushed back. Mm. At the end of the day. Um, as disappointing as it was, because it just seemed like magic yeah. that everything falls together and we play a Halloween show. Yeah. Um, to get back to exactly what I was just saying, yeah. it takes the pressure off from. It like takes the pressure off of, of the theatrics, like the theatrics, doing a Halloween shit show, like doing yeah. a Halloween thing, and then it also like it's a it's a it's a lot on the crowd, and then the crowd becomes its own little party. Yeah. And it's less of a show. Yeah, like if everyone's showing up in costumes, like, it's oh, a Halloween you? party it, with a band a, playing. Exactly, it begins a Halloween party. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Uh, so, as initially disappointed as we were that we got bumped, and now we're actually really happy about it. Like, yeah. we want to put on a beautiful night of music. Um, the opening act is this amazing fellow, Declan O'Donovan, singer-songwriter originally from uh, from Whitehorse. Mm-hmm. Um, he sounds like. If uh, Randy Newman and Tom Waits got into a bar fight, okay, um, <laughs> it's. I was it's like, Tom Waits already almost heads into Randy Newman in a bar fight already, <laughs> like <laughs> a bit. Uh, <laughs> he's he's wonderful. We're super happy. He's going to do the opening set, and it's a bit of a throwback when we all met each other and and got this whole thing going. Yeah. Um, he and his band at the time, Scotch, uh, had just moved to town, and we were all sort of making music together. Not really starting up the scene, but like they were v- they were very involved with all the things that we were doing. We were very involved with all the things that they were doing. So it's it's a nice little uh, reunion show to have him open up. Cool, um, Walter. I was I'll, if you don't mind, I'll, I'm gonna ask Walter's favorite question. You guys toured, and Walter's favorite thing in the whole wide world is to hear tour stories. Cool slash shitty road story. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Also, I imagine just while you think and, and ruminate, I imagine that uh, like the, the the logistics of thinking of an unsettlers tour must have just been a nightmare on their own. Like again, more of the magic. I was because uh, you were thinking of like a band. Like you're like, oh, a band could fit in a van. You're like, yeah, but the unsettlers don't fit in a van. At least not one. No. Like, <laughs> we actually bought a 15 passenger van. Whoa. Uh, but arranged it so that there were 11 seats so that we could fit gear. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then only after that realize that if you're traveling with any more than nine people, you need a special license. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. So we had to bring a separate car anyhow. <laughs> um, wow. I would not have even thought band. about that. Uh, it actually just so happened that a lot of the times, well, we didn't we didn't tour extensively. Like we, yeah. did the, we did the circus stuff and then a couple of little two-week tours. Yeah. Um, you know, down the 401 and back sort of things. Little weekend getaways, but it just so happened that most of the time that uh, we had these little tours and little little trips, mm-hmm. one person couldn't make it. Okay, so then we could be nine people in the van. Oh, <laughs> but just, uh, just like stroke of luck every time you're like, yeah, we don't. You know, I'm so sad you can't go. make it, but yeah, we, we can don't save have to run the car. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it was more. Just more magic, more and more everything falling into place. I was the booker for for this band and. Mm. I mean, booking tours is not fun. It's never fun, um, but a lot of a lot of things just magically fell into place. Uh, cool. e- like with accommodations, we'd find ourselves playing at some place in some town, and then some 
weird rich man would be like, hey, you guys could all stay in my mansion. Like, and, then uh, again, and then nobody got murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was not the uh, opening of a horror film. Um, there definitely been some funny stories. Um, we'll take funny. <coughs> it doesn't need to be shitty. <laughs> um, this is an unsettler story that, that actually leads to a bad uncle song. Oh. Uh, sorry for sharing this, Antosh, but you've told enough people. Um, right. So we were playing at a festival in Windsor. Um, mm-hmm. The Epicure Festival was right on the right on the waterfront, uh, deep south of Canada. The deep uh, south of Canada. The deep yeah, south of Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> look north and see the Detroit skyline. It's <laughs> really, really beautiful. Um, and we're we played at the festival, and we actually all worked the beer tent because there's ten of us, which is like, yeah, yeah we're a staff. <laughs> so <laughs> I ran the beer tent, and my band was my was my staff. Um, but we were staying in the travel lodge right right by the water. Uh, played our set, closed up the beer tent every night. It's a little bit of a party, getting rid of whatever's left. You know, cleaning up the festival grounds. Yeah. Um, at some point, uh, no one knows where Santosh is. <laughs> um, and <laughs> like he appeared at some ungodly hour of the morning. Uh, I forget whose room it was. The whole thing was a bit of a blur. But he's just sopping wet from head to toe, including his hat. He's still wearing his hat. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what the fuck happened to you? And he was so drunk and uh, so full of other things. <laughs> it was like, if, if, you're sta- if you're standing right by the water and you're looking over to Detroit, yeah. it really does not look far. <laughs> it, really, no. it really looks like a lake at a cottage. It's that's it's the illusion. It's right. what it is what it looks like. Right. You're standing there, you're like, it's right there. I could throw a rock, uh, but it's obviously not. Yeah. And he found out the hard way. No. Jeez. <laughs> uh, he tried to swim. To he tried Detroit. to swim to Detroit. Got about a hundred feet out. Realized that this is not going to happen. Idea. Detroit's not getting any closer, but Windsor is getting <laughs> further. You <know>? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're like in the water. <laughs> so he turned around and came back. Um, oh my god! And claims that, uh, yeah, a little bit of nose candy almost cost him his life, but then also saved him his life <laughs> because yeah, that's the only go. way he had the energy to get back. Get back, yeah, fucking um, that water is a weird thing. I whenever water, but but no, because uh, you but we were talking about it. Because uh, I think it was the next night. Again, we closed out the festival. We're all hanging out by the by the water and we're talking to Ben about it. Ben's Ben's originally from there. Yeah. Um, he said, like, "Yeah, kids die every year because trying it, to swim it, to trying to swim across because it looks like it's not far. Yeah. But in the moonlight, he was like, "Yeah, but look down at the water, and it's all just whirlpools. It just looks like flushing oh toilets. Wow, yeah. Every five super, feet, super choppy, like yeah. it's everywhere. Like, wow." It's it's mayhem, that, but from but from that experience, uh, he wrote a song called Black River, which is uh, one of the more popular Bad Uncle songs because <laughs> it always comes with a little <laughs> introduction. <laughs> that made, immediately made me think of uh, we were out we were camping one time. You remember Ronan? Yep. Like uh, Ronan, Ronan, Ronan got into to something something more than more than booze, and then also came out of the woods soaking wet, and was out of his mind enough. That he was like, who threw my clothes in the water? And we're like, what? You went in the water. And he was like, no. You guys 
threw my clothes in the water. And we're like, and then we dressed you in them? Like, he had gone in the water, come out, and then thought that the only reasonable explanation was we threw his clothes in the water and then dressed him in wet, clothes, wet clothes. And that is why his clothes were wet. We're like, what, pr- what pranksters you are. <laughs> exactly. I was like, if we had pulled that off, like, God bless us. Like, if we had managed to strip you naked without you knowing, put your clothes in the water, and then dress you. But he was just adamant and just like, I mean, like, Ronan's generally a pretty happy-go-lucky, but when he gets angry, he, like, has a bit of a mean, like, a mean-spiritedness and was like, no, you guys. And we're like, what are you talking about? How would this have happened? Like, and just was convinced that we had somehow thrown his clothes in the water, then dressed him in his wet clothes, and that is why his clothes were wet. Because being in the water was a, a memory that he did not have. And we're like, Makes no, sense. Ronan, I, you. I could see that. I, you could, I could also see that almost happening to Walter. That. Like, like Walter getting like a little blackout, stumbling into some water. blackout. Coming, coming back out and being like, Keith, you son of a bitch. You did it again. Well, it's like, it's like times that I've come in, like that I've showed up, like for whatever, if I'm hosting or just showing up here for a podcast. And I'm like, hey, Ram. And, and, and Ram's like, uh, you know, hey, Walter. And he's like, and Ram's like, do you feel like giving me $28? And I'm like, why is that, Ram? He's like, because you walked out in your fucking tab, you moron. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you've never been shitty about it, which is nice. Because uh, I feel like I've always been okay for the money. So uh, uh, it, it, We're all here a lot. We all drink a lot. You know? It happens to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone always comes back. Yeah. I always just love the it's fact It's up to us to keep track. Yeah. There's a couple times at the works where I get, like, all liquored at the works. And then, like, come here for, like, one last drink or something. And just, like... There'd be no memory of that one last streak here. Like, yeah. Ah, uh, that was good times. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> just Are we doing five questions? Yeah. Was good. The finish note of that was, I think, when when thoughts on that exact topic was when John, like, I guess, forgot his credit card pin <laughs> or whatever. Where I don't know if it was you working the bar or if it was Garth or whatever, but we're trying to like run up. We run up his tab. And I'm trying to, like, like John is, is blackout. I'm trying to, like, get away with the thing. And he's like, John, it says you need a pin. Like, you need to put in a pin. And he just looks up, like, looks at me and then looks at the bartender. I don't know if it was you or who it was. Then with a shitty grin and goes, like, hee-hee. And then just runs out of the bar. <laughs> but, like, leaving his credit card behind. We're just like, it needs a pin. And he just runs hey, away. Bolts. Yeah, <laughs> but like like a child, <laughs> like ran away like a child. Giggling like You've a child. left your credit card. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I, he'll be back tomorrow, I guess. And again, because we spend enough time at Grumpy's and the bar staff is cool enough, it was like I'll just hold on to the credit card and John just send John back when he when he wakes up tomorrow, being like, where's my credit card? It wasn't even. And why are my clothes soaking wet? <laughs> why are my clothes soaking wet? And it was great because it was like it wasn't even that. So you kept like you you guys hadn't even kept the credit card. You got all the way to payment, and then he was just like, "Pin, that's too much information. I don't know this." And then just ran away into the streets. It was a good times. I got deposited at my parents' house one time. Like just like deposited like out of a cab. Just dropped off. Yeah, and like my dad was like, "Why are your clothes all wet?" And it's because I had been in a fucking pool in uh, uh, Shattergate. Mm. That I broke. I was so drunk that I broke a pool. Uh, what? That's, uh, it was that's in Shadigate. It was probably already broken. Like you know I'm, right? I'm assuming you know what above, I'm saying? Assuming Thanks, above, above ground? <laughs> Shadigate. It was an above ground <laughs> it's, pool. It's and Montreal's it was like, Florida. And it was like October or some shit. Really. Gee. Yeah. Some guy threw me into a tree. Anyway. You want to intro five questions, Walter? Yeah. Five questions is uh, you know, a saving that we wrap up the every show with. And we've switched up. Some of the questions a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first three questions are standard 
Yep. I don't remember them all. Yeah. We're in the new fic. Fourth question is last week's guest's question for you. The fifth question is your question to next week's guest. Yeah. Without knowing who it is. Obviously. Sound good? They didn't know they were asking you a question. Yeah, sure, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, Walter. <laughs> I, don't care what, I don't care what you do. I don't, I don't care, care what you do. Uh, so Just don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Question, question one, do you remember, do you remember any of them on no. the new set? Uh, uh, how does the world the end? the dark one? We changed it up. I think, no, I, have, I think I have a good version of it now. How does the world end is question one. Lord. Could uh, be an Unsether song, really. Could be. First thing that comes to mind, try to keep it light. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And like the gates of hell open? Like. Probably. Whatever unholy deals they Kyle made. Kyle Dubas has figured out hockey because <laughs> no one else understands hockey. The Canadians make it to... Kyle Dubas looking so young and Austin Matthews <laughs> Little going horns bald. grow out yeah, of but, his head. But then Austin Matthews getting bald so fast. When you see the like... The GM sitting with the player, and and it very much looks like Austin Matthews should be the GM, and Kyle Dubas <laughs> looks like a little baby. Is it the sinister mustache? Uh, it's the the balding of Austin Matthews at age twenty. <laughs> You've lost me on this sports reference. Yeah, well, Austin Matthews. Yeah, I just went that way because I wanted you to stop talking. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, what do you do to cheer yourself up, Ram? Uh, we're in a bar. No, drinking. Do you want to drink in before? Like, is there anything else? Like, other than, uh, is it like, is there a particular? Is it like just whiskey or? I feel like I've had a like rough day. I mean, that was a that was a facetious answer. There's there's a lot of things that I do. Uh, uh, I believed you. I, I was gonna take you on your word there. Like, it's I was just like, seems sincere. Ram is an <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> I'm just. I don't know. I'm going bowling as soon as we wrap this up. Mm. Like a uh, kingpin or duckpin or. I've heard about this tradition. Yeah. No actual bowling. Ten pin adults bowling, adults bowling. Yeah, you guys still have a team. Yep, nine time champions. Nice, nine time. Nine of, of which time. league? Uh, it's just a little league run out of the run out of the AMC forum. Nice. How are you doing? How, like, how's the competition? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Everyone's uh, everyone's improved a fair so bit. You're over just the years. good at everything you do, is what you're saying. Uh, I mean, maybe I just surround myself. Maybe I'm just good at drinking, and I surround myself with people who aren't as good at drinking while doing the things that Other I do. drinking-related activities. I hear yeah. you. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, everything is kind of like drinking adjacent, like bowling, <laughs> drink bars, yeah, I, I coach music. a team of uh, beer league softball. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of sitting and drinking between <laughs> exactly. occasional spurts of running. <laughs> exactly, that's it. You're like, if you do an activity that you could be drinking while you're doing it, Ram... It's your guy. Any activity that you could drink it. Uh, but I'm like, what are the other ones? Darts? Darts, fucking. We used to have a dartboard here, but uh, just didn't really work on a boat. Those. Anything on a boat? Anything on a boat. Yachting? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there one day. Yeah. One day I'll one, become one day. a yachter. A yacht. No, but now, now the trend is those, like, themed crews. You need to do, like, a... You need to do a Montreal music theme cruise. Spooky cruise. Spooky music cruise. Montreal music cruise. Just Scare get a bunch cruise. of Montreal bands Yo, onto a boat. Catherine and I went on a tall ship in Halifax a couple nights ago. And like it was supposed to be like a ghost cruise of like the fucking harbor out there in Halifax. Uh-huh. Like around where the Citadel is and shit. Yep. And like the fucking boat just like turned around on like spun around like in the fucking water. And then there was like these three pirates that like took over the boat and they just like pitched their fucking uh, yet to be produced album. It was fucked. 
<laughs> wow, that sounds like a real like incomplete story. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be like this like spooky Halloween thing, and it was just like these fucking pirates pushing their album. Um, question like good number aside. three. Uh, what was the first time that you remember that you lied to your parents to get away with something? Oh, boy. See, I think it's a fun version. Is this the rework? Yeah. Still sounds guilt-inducing. It's a little dirt. It's a little dark, but I mean... Dark. Dark. But uh. it's less weird than the, than the original. I remember as a... Uh, I don't know how old I was. Probably pretty young, but... First, first discovering beer, mm-hmm. uh, and my mom smelling it on my breath, and me trying to convince her that it was a beer flavored lollipop. What? Wow, <laughs> that's a thing. That's wow. a thing that came out of my mouth. Holy Probably the age of fourteen. Shit. Beer, old beer flavored lollipop. Wow, wow, good did one. Uh, How'd that go? Uh, did it go over? How do you think it went? Real well. <laughs> <laughs> my mother is not stupid. <laughs> I was I was at uh, <laughs> I was like, you, you deserve to be the fourteen year old Ram is you deserve <laughs> to be punished more just for like the audacity of that lie. Whenever someone tells me like a like a, a go come home drinking like reeking a beer like story, I was at a like it was like a swinging utters like Dropkick Murphys show that was an all ages show like the old style with the X's and whatever, and the, they got a kid up on stage and whatever someone from I want either one of the two heavy drinking bands was like like how old are you boy and like and they boy the kid, i mean kid there was a young kid how so. old are you boy yeah but like a irish yeah, yeah exactly that's it it wasn't so they were pirates. It, wasn't, it wasn't a racist right boy you said I didn't boy. <laughs> who said anything about why i just where you, I was you were like boy and i was like yeah it was fine it was a grown man talking to a boy right and the kid was like like, like 15 or whatever else oh, like oh gee sir and it was like, and he's like, he's like 15 years old, and he's like, and you're gonna go home like reeking a beer, and just poured a pitcher on the kid's head. But I was like, it was a genuine all ages show. Like the kid potentially yeah, had he not that kid. had not been drinking, and I was like, now that kid is so screwed. No, there was a man, and he poured <laughs> some beer on me, ma. An angry man from Boston poured beer all over my head. Like he was like that poor kid goes home. That's terrible. Drenched in beer, and I was like, could not stop laughing. Like. It was an actual all ages show. He could have, yeah. He well, might yeah, not yeah. have been drinking. He had the thing, the X's and all that. Poor kid. Question number five. Great. Question number four. Sure. Uh, three. From Robert Green. No, that was question three. All right. We're uh, getting through this. Usually people like him and Haw dwell on the answers more, but like, I, I like that you're kind of killing this segment. Yeah. Like Ram Ram does not mean not words. care for not caring about this. Thanks <laughs> for once. Ram. The listeners care. Uh, Robert Green, uh, defeated candidate. Bobby Green, yeah. Bobby Green, defeated yeah. candidate of the NDP of the NDG Green Party. The NDG. He's the NDG guy. Yeah, dude. And I didn't show up. That's what I was saying. I was oh, like, well. I really thought Walter was going to show up to that one, just for his like, just for his ability. No, to I voted for the astronaut. But potentially, like, to yell at someone who might represent him in Parliament, <laughs> be like, "Here's another thing you should fix nah, about no, no, NDG." No, no. My, my vote was locked in for the astronaut. <laughs> locked in for the Garneau. Um, who? And this is gonna. Pu- and this, this just, did you actually just write in the astronaut, <laughs> the one who's been to I don't, space? I don't understand any of these names on these ballots. <laughs> Which one of you got been in the moon? Spaceman. Did you Space- hear about uh, in uh, where the frick is he? Where's Max Bernier from? I don't know. Some buttfuck no. Both. Yeah. Holes of hell. Both. Yeah. So you know the rhinoceros party, yes. right? Uh, the rhinoceros party candidate in Bose 
was also named Maxim Bernier. Which I thought was like oh, the greatest That's thing. Amazing. The greatest thing the Rhinoceros Party has ever done. If even one vote from Max Bernier Goes went, the wrong way. went to the wrong one, I was like delightful. I was like, you're in general like a. It's ridiculous that there's so many people who managed to sign the papers and run. But I was like, the Rhinoceros Party in that moment, I think, was their greatest triumph. Was having That's pretty fantastic. their candidate and both wonderful having the same name. Uh, you wanted to know, and to tie it full circle to the top was of the show. Fun? Was he the guy? Yeah, he was really good. He was really, like, nice, like, I mean, kind of the guy you thought he would be. Like, kid who grew up in high school. Yeah. David's literally the exact origin story of a guy who you think would run for the Green Party. Like, David Suzuki came and spoke at his high school once, and he was like, I need to do something. Oh, jeez. And then, yeah, exactly. And then changed it. I was like, wow. Like, the most Canadian road to environmentalism in the world. David Suzuki came. And, and an oil company killed his parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but well, <laughs> in, the, in the back alley behind a theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> big oil. <laughs> big, oil a big oil rep. Parents. But to tie it back to the top of the show, you wanted to know, uh, what do you see in uh, Greta Thunberg's future? Ram. More disparaging l- comments from Walter J. <laughs> <Lake>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Correct. Fair. Did you tell him about it? Like, I like no, he didn't. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to be like, yo, listen to the yo, last my, episode. The dude. normal co-host went off on a shoot. And uh, what question would you like to ask a, a stranger into the future? <sighs> well, he's so not into this. <laughs> really not. <laughs> I told one story about Santosh doing cocaine, talked about my band for four minutes, and just been rambling on about nothing How about for what? fucking I mean, an hour. To be fair, though, we're like nearly at episode 200 of the show, and that's, How about why that's have you more agreed or less to be the here? show. <sighs> How you doing, buddy? Good to see you, man. You know, no, what? what? No. My question uh-huh. for you is, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> that's why. Okay, uh, cool. No, you could do better than who the fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> whoever the, whoever the hell your guest is next week. Are you guys week? talking about Drake? He looked at me. Some... <laughs> <laughs> but like doubly weird that he looked at you because I, I like, do I work with trains, I forget but everybody. What <laughs> <laughs> the fuck was that? Oh, that was almost as good as an old Hollywood interruption. Yeah, it was almost as good as Hollywood wandering in. Fuck, you could do better than that, Ram. Come on, <sighs> just ask a random question, like uh, to to the. Someone. What question have you always wanted to ask me? Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't even say it with a straight face. Uh, just like I'm just looking at this hair. <laughs> it's know. just all questions. I only <laughs> have questions. Yeah, I was like, it, it could just be like, but just the one. Why? Why? <laughs> just, just why? Dear next week's guest, do you have an explanation for Walter's hair? Well, what if Walter isn't hosting on it? I'm I'm sure there's pictures. That's true. Expl- how do you how do you explain Walter's hair? That's fine. Walter, how do you explain your hair? Uh, genetics and head and shoulders. But then also, like, a, a, a desire to not cut it. I don't cut it, also. Like, I cut it, like, once, maybe once or twice a year. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you'd get, it, it's always, like, I'm I like had a short haircut. Like, I had a real short haircut, like, in fucking March. Yeah, I just, it blows my mind. It, it always, it blows my mind that you get to that, you can get to that point. Like, as soon as hair starts touching the top of my ears, I, like, freak out and need a haircut. Yeah, I'm but like, I have nice hair, though. Yeah, but I don't, I mean... I have good hair. Sorry, I have good hair. Hair touching my what ears. What was that? Was that Beyonce thing or the Becky with the good hair? Sure. I'm Becky. Oh. 
That's the explanation. So anyway, That's Ram <laughs> plays drums. Your beckiness is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Yo, I, w- I, I went to go see the Arkells in Halifax okay. a couple nights ago uh-huh. with the wife. Didn't really get what the Arkells were before I saw them live, but now mm-hmm. I do. And uh, there was like these two older ladies behind me. And as I was getting in, she was like, my friend thinks your hair is wonderful. You don't see that hair anymore. Maybe in the 70s or 80s. And I was like, yeah. I get it all the time. French Canadian women love my hair. Do do, you, do people ask to touch your hair? Yeah. Oh, weird. Well, I guess I guess you win then. Yeah. I guess so. I sure do. Yep. What do you think about that? I and the wife must kudos like at the very least tolerate slash enjoy. I think at this length, I think this is the kind of the prime length. Uh, when it got real long there, like I think that was a little bit much, but yeah. yeah. But here she's like, I'm into it. All I ever wanted was like shoulder length hair that I could like kind of like tie back and shit. And then I think the first time I showed up, tie back with my hair clipped guy. up. Like I think you 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 made fun of me the first time. So yeah, yeah. Walter watches <laughs> a lot of wrestling. There's a lot of ponytails <laughs> in wrestling. Of, like, I had a little little <laughs> man bunny thing with like and then with long hair underneath it. It was like fucking insane. <laughs> Three types of people in the world that I don't trust: <laughs> men with ponytails, <laughs> anyone with no eyebrows. Uh-oh. Okay. Grown men who drink rum and coke, not on a beach. Ugh. That's fair. All across. Was it a full c- ponytail, though? I guess it was a little bit of a ponytail. So during that time, no trust at all. No. That explains why I could never get a tab during that period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah. Kept ordering <laughs> rum and coke. I was like, <laughs> fuck! Kept ordering rum and coke and had a ponytail. Like, that's strike two, idiot. While <laughs> shaving off your own eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Ram, what's the matter? Uh... Drummer of the Unsettlers. Uh, for this show, yes. yes. Generally, no. Yes, generally, no. But uh, I you Generally, I'm the bass player. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, you're usually on bass, but you're... Yes, I'm playing drums for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't get everyone all back together all at what's the same the head, time. What's, what's the head count on the crew? Uh, 17. I think we're looking at 10, possibly 11. It's okay. like two ska bands. Great. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Only one trombone, though. <laughs> At Patrola. At Patrola, uh, November 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, doors are at 8. The show will be at 8.30 promptly. Mm-hmm. We realize that it is oh, yeah? a Thursday night. Yep. 8.30 promptly. Yes. That's been, like, and one, it's one worth th- saying. In Montreal, I something worth making I'm, a note of. I'm well aware of this. Actually, to be perfectly honest, this is the main reason I'm even here, is just to make that point. Get the word. Yeah, that's important. Get, get to anyone who's listening. Get your fucking ass there so on one, time. One, one, one opener show at 8.30, which means you guys are like on stage. 9.30. Like 9.30 late like, yeah. like Don't 10 show 10 o'clock up at latest. 10 o'clock, absolute latest. So you get get there thir- for 8 fucking 30. Yeah, don't be a chump. Doors are at 8. We already put over... The open Or eight. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, tickets are available at the... The show is at Casa... Or, so the show is at La Vitrola, but they're available on the Casa del Popolo website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all the same family of venues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, November 7th. Just click on the date. It'll take you to the thing. Uh, tickets seem to be going rather quickly. Oh. Um, which is great. Um but yeah, uh, don't pull a Montreal. If you're sitting and having a beer at Grumpy's Bar, pay your fucking tab and get uptown. Because yeah, uh, the show is going to start on time. It's, uh, it's a Thursday night. Um, all of our fans are 10 years older. <laughs> right. Yeah, seriously. 
Like some we were like a big deal a decade ago. So like some people have babysitters, quote to unquote, pay big deal. Come yeah. back to. Yeah, this is a <laughs> this is a whole other thing. This isn't a bunch of uh, drunken whiskey soaked idiots that it, as it was ten years ago. Like I mean, right. it might still be. It will be. It'll just be older and sadder whiskey soaked idiots. Because no. <laughs> now they have kids. Like oh shit. But yeah, doors at eight. Show at 8.30, Declan O'Donovan is the opening act. Oh. He's absolutely wonderful. Uh, don't miss him. Um, what else to say? I mean, whatever, man. Support Montreal music and all that and the whole scene and the vibe and the whatever. Yeah. But uh, I mean, get, out, get out and support Montreal music. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anyone's heard, but Catacombs is now closing. Yeah, it's I fucking crazy, man. Uh, dropping like flies. Yep. Um, and the main reason is because none of you fuckers come out to see shows. Facts. I know because I've been playing them for 20 fucking years, <laughs> and it is getting sad. It's Get out so and support bad. some fucking music. Yeah. It's pathetic. <laughs> pathetic Sorry. kids these days. With their Fortnite. Kids. <laughs> their Fortnite and their Pikachus. Fucking the, the floss dance. Ram, thank you so much. I can't <laughs> believe it took us nearly 200 episodes to have you on. <laughs> Ram, thanks oh, for to, the be also, uh, on, to be perfectly honest, you guys have actually only probably asked me twice over all this <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> And thanks for letting us do this here all this time. Yeah, yeah that's well, the obviously. point. I, you do this on Thursday afternoons. I work the bar on Thursday afternoons. No, we've, we've, we've moved it to Mondays mostly. But thank you. Thank, thank you, you regardless. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're, we're slowly but surely working our way through the grumpies bartenders. Because we had Gurn on. Of course. And then, uh, naturally. And then I mean, I feel that I want to have Garth on just to promote his softball team. <laughs> I don't know what else he has to promote. What was the name of the, <laughs> the one that doesn't work here anymore there? There's a lot of people that don't work here anymore. Right. <laughs> I'm, yep. like, I'm like Senya. <laughs> you, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Including yourself. Well, that's true. true. <laughs> I still come though. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ram. I know you got to get uh, the bowling. Uh, the I bowling do. is happening. Yep. So bowling is you. happening. Go um, and kick some ass. Oh, can, can I plug a thing real quick? Win championship number ten. Sure. I'll do um, yeah. Uh, uh, Saturday, November second. Mike Patterson at the Wheel Club. Oh yeah. So this is coming on Halloween. So like, save up a little bit of energy. Go see Mike Patterson at the Wheel Club Saturday, November second. It's going to be awesome with uh, guest host Dan Laxer. Should be good times. You know, let's. Uh, you can also, I guess, put an early shout out for your last Walt, no? And the last Walt on is Thursday, building. November twenty eighth at yeah. the uh, Cafe Cleopatra. Yeah. And, you heard about this? And just announced December fifteenth at the end. Ram's taking off his headset. And December fifteenth at uh, Cafe Cleopatra. Also, mm-hmm. doubleheader uh, Christmas show, Xmas show. At the Derek uh, Sagan. Derek Sagan uh, and, Joey and, and Joey Elias. December fifteenth at Cafe Cleopatra. Look up, check out Perfect Bite uh, on Facebook for all info about this stuff. And uh, yeah. But have you heard about the last ball? By the way. No. So I'm doing a recorded hour for the first time. Ah. ah. Which may be his last ever hour. You keep making Inez upset. You call it the last waltz. No, it's called the last waltz, but it says it's my my first and maybe last ever uh, live recording. Live recording. Anyway, what are we going to pretend that you're going to have a second hour of material? If you could be there, that would be really sweet. If you wanted to come out uh, November 28th. Thursday, November 28th. A Thursday. A Thursday, exactly. I know we just said. You just asked a bunch of deals to come out on Thursdays. (laughs) 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 Will it it be a hard 8 o'clock start? Probably, yeah. We'll probably well, be stuff before Well, push me. it a bit and I'll make it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you have an I'm opener? Yeah, several. Okay, so then, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm done here at 8. I'll scoot over. Oh, yeah, come over. I'll, yeah, by the time you get to the, get there, it'll be good. Yeah. Get to the gimmick. All, all right. right. Well, yeah. hey, shit. Just yeah, networked man. a little bit there. There you we know, go. You're going to throw some music on this thing as well? Yeah. Well, do you want to play, some, play a track from the Unsettlers? You can send me a track. Good. 
Depends. Bands are sometimes. Just, Ram just shrugs. They can't see your shrugs eh, on the bike. I was going to say, sometimes <laughs> bands like us to play a track, and sometimes the bands don't like us to play a track. I could even what jam kind of a ba- What kind of a band wouldn't want you to play a track? Because they're like, eh, it's not released yet. No, no, no. Lazy fuck. Okay. It was released a decade ago. You can play it as much as you want. Send me the track, and on top of that, too, I will. Listener has already heard it. I'll put it somewhere in the middle when their attention is still sharp. As opposed to at the end when they're like petering off. Yep. I'll do a little cut in. Send me the track. It's going to. Listener, you already enjoyed the amazing sounds of the Unsettlers. Enjoy more of it on November 7th at La Petrola. How about that? How about that? Boom. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.